All right, guys. Welcome. How you guys doing? <laughs> Good morning. Uh, welcome to those who are watching online as well. My name is Adam. Uh, I am uh, the worship leader here at Pierce Point Community Church, but I'm also one of your deacons in training. Uh, now, for the past 10 weeks, we've been talking about kind of the fundamentals of discipleship uh, and everything that kind of goes into that and everything that is asked of us, but we've not yet tackled some of the uh, practicals and the whys of discipleship. Um, so I want to get into that today, but before we do, I want to take the time and uh, just say a prayer before we get into this. Father God, I thank you for this morning, and I ask right now that um, as I'm getting ready to speak, I can speak clearly, and, and Lord, you speak through me. Um, but Lord, I, I pray right now that this can also just be um, what a devotional is. This is a time for us to uh, reflect and, and point this all back to you. Um, Lord, just, just be with me. Be with the, uh, everybody who's listening today. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you are like me when it comes to discipleship, I think there is some important questions to ask. Um, is there a clear-cut model for discipling another person? Is discipling another person having power over them? Can a person discipling another person be wrong? To help answer these questions, I'm going to focus around one scripture today. So this is uh, literally going to be the only scripture for today. And I want you to keep this in mind through every single thing that we're talking about. Luke 9.23, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now we've been asked to share in this series of devotionals how we as deacons have been discipled and how we have discipled or plan to disciple in the future. Uh, and I think it's really important to state right off the go is there is no finality in the word disciple. There's no, I've been discipled. Like there's no, it's, it's not done. It's not a thing. Um, I've been in ministry now for 15 years and I'm still learning and I'm still being discipled on a daily basis. And the action of doing these devotionals is part of that. And for all of our deacons uh, in training and deacons, we are being asked to do this and to share this with you, not because this is something we want to do, uh, but this helps us grow and this equips us to uh, deeper impact the body that we serve. I think that is a really important aspect to discipleship too, because to be discipled doesn't just mean that you are growing into a deeper relationship with Jesus. That's part of it. It also means that you are being used in the kingdom. You are being discipled for the purpose of glorifying him and every single thing that goes into that. So doing these devotionals are hard. At least for me, they are. They're difficult. They challenge me with my knowledge of scripture and my ability to communicate it clearly. These devotionals challenge me by opening up myself for feedback good and bad, from the ones teaching me as well as the ones being discipled with me. I think that it's, it's a very, um, uh, again, a very important thing to know that just because it's hard doesn't mean it's not good for me. And if, in fact, this was easy for me, that, that means that I'm not growing. Um, I, I think we can apply that to every area of our life. When we're being challenged, we're, we're growing. Speaking, this is, I'm a natural talker, but I'm not a natural speaker. This is something that is 
it's pulling. And uh, this is something that I appreciate in, in the, the hindsight of things when somebody says, hey, I want you to go do this. And we have a support team behind us with uh, our leaders and the other uh, deacons in training who are all encouraging us along the way and correcting us when we're wrong and uh, uh, giving us praise when we're doing right. So let's, uh, let's move forward a little bit, because what I really want to cover today are some of the practical ways that I've been discipled over the years, and how I have uh, also helped disciple others, and to do that, we need to go back in time. We're going go, to go way back for me. So I have been in ministry for the past 15 years um, as somebody who is, you know, Nathan would uh, refer to as a professional Christian. I've been employed by churches and, and things like that. Um, but I was, I was not raised in church, but I came there in my teenage years and we're going to go a little bit into a testimony here so you can understand where I'm coming from. Um, I, I was in the church from maybe 14 to 17. I was in the church and then my brother died as many of you know. And when he passed away, I, I fell away from the church. I was young in my faith. I fell away. Um, and I started getting into, uh, things I shouldn't have been getting into and just living a life that was the opposite of the things that I just learned coming from a church background. And um, some things uh, transpired to uh, put people back in my life. And one of those was our senior pastor at the, uh, one of our old churches. And they invited me back to church knowing that I fell away. So that act of that act of them doing things is really kind of what led to this chain of events. Um, so I met Nathan through that, and it was just a kind of a random meeting that happened. And I was talking to uh, my wife about this. It's kind, of, it's kind of weird and difficult to kind of talk about how I was discipled when one of the persons that was a huge influence in my life is literally right here in front of me. So they're, they're sitting there going, well, that probably happened that way, or that, that didn't happen that way. <laughs> yeah, he'll tell, he'll tell me later. Uh, but so this was an interesting thing. So coming back to the church, I was... One, I was convicted, and, and so that kind of led me to a place of, I want to get my life back together. And I think that this is, and I'm, I'm speaking from a place of hindsight. I want you guys to understand that. This is things that I've learned along those ways. So for me, in that situation, I knew that my life wasn't where I wanted it to be, and I was looking to people who I thought were more put together or were walking in faith and doing things properly. So I went back to church. Um, that was a huge first step for me is just admitting that I was wrong. I think that's the best way to put it. That where I was at was not leading me to where I wanted to be. Um, so to do that, this is, again, the practical side of things. I had to do something that I have not done in a long time. And I had to submit to somebody. And I, in that case, was submitting to Nathan. Um, and this is, this is how I think discipleship is funny when you're just kind of getting back into the church, which is I was submitting to Nathan because my mind wasn't even focused on the fact that that was submitting to God, you know? But God put Nathan in place so that he could help disciple others and, and lead others up. And me and Nathan had a very unique relationship uh, kind of early on because I was always there. I was gung-ho about getting into things and I was ready to do anything. So... With that happening, Nathan spent more time with me just kind of by um, circumstance more than anything. 
But again, speaking from hindsight, I've learned that this is not always the case with teams that you lead. Sometimes you do spend time more with other people and teams, and, and that is a direct result of the person wanting to spend time with the leaders and being discipled. Um, that's a really, really, really important thing to this whole topic of discipleship, which is that it is a two-way street. You have somebody that is willing to teach, somebody that is willing to correct, and you have somebody that is willing to be taught and somebody that is willing to be corrected. And then you have other people that are, I'm, I'm not saying anything negative, but some people that are just happy with where they are and they're just, they're happy to serve and they're not really into a place yet of, I want to go deeper. And that's what I think the discipleship really is, is, is getting to that place where you say, I want to go deeper. So let's talk about some real practical things that have happened in that kind of journey with me that got me to a deeper place. And I hope you guys uh, are bearing with me. And I, I was joking around that I might go in circles here in my conversation because I'm, uh, I'm speaking and I'm I'm so far away from my notes right now, and that's, that's, out, that's out of my comfort zone, but here we are. Uh, so, so to go deeper, I think that there's, there's two things that we need to really focus on. One is a person's actual relationship with the Lord and how somebody can uh, impact that, how somebody is being discipled into a deeper relationship with the Lord, but then also how somebody is being discipled in a way to serve the body that they're serving. Um, for me in, in worship, it was a little different than I, than I've experienced in other ways. Um, and I can't speak to those as much, but for worship, there was, um, a skill side. There was, Hey, you need to be better at communicating. You need to be better at, uh, how you're projecting your voice and singing. You need to be better at how you're playing guitar and all those things. And I would like to think that I'm a good musician, I'm a decent musician, but at that time, Nathan was far superior to me as a musician. So there was a, there was a fun thing that happened, which was, you, um, and somebody was going to relate to this, is you go in, somebody says something, and they say, try this, and you go, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And meanwhile, you're going, I have no idea what they're talking about. <laughs> and so you just try these things. And what Nathan taught me in that time was that, the skills and everything that I'm learning, the technical side of things, was not just to better me at my craft, it was to better serve the church, which is ultimately serving the Lord. It was to better communicate the gospel, and, and it was to better to communicate praise. So there was the, the notion of put your best foot forward, serve the Lord faithfully in all things. And uh, he did that through, through many things, we're, we're sticking with practical. Being on time, that was a huge one. It sounds like a weird thing, but when we are, when we are being discipled, we are, we are responsible for things. Being on time, being respectful of other people's times. That was huge, life-changing things for me because at that point in my life, I didn't care about other people's times. I also didn't care about my time. I was, you know, just, I was a forklift operator just hanging out in life, just doing whatever I, it is I wanted to do. And I had to learn to show up when I was needed. And I had to know that some people have work to go to and they have other things or they have families and I can't hold on to them forever and uh, just do whatever it is I wanted to do with them. So there was those things that were practical, which ultimately led me to saying, oh, I'm going to be a, a better steward of my time and I'm going to spend more time doing the things that I'm being taught. Now, 
that was just a real practical thing besides just learning music and everything. Um, and, and one thing that led to that was when I became better at um, having my time being used correctly, we started living life with each other. We were, we were on the same page. There was, there was a, a natural flow that happened. And as a result, it would just be something as simple as, hey, how are you? Let's go get lunch. Let's go do these things. Let's have dinner. Let's have a movie night. Let's have Bible study. We literally lived life with each other. And that's, that's me, Nate and Sarah and, and Brittany. And, and then that's also other people in our circle at the time. And that was a huge practical lesson of discipleship because you have a person that is actively your leader and then you have people that are looking to be led and you have people that are not living a lifestyle like that. Um, I remember one of the first times uh, where it was really impactful for me was just the simple thing of like praying at dinner. Because like I said, I wasn't raised in church. We didn't pray at dinner all the time. Um, and then even finding the Lord, that's still a learned habit that you have to do. And I'm like, well, why are we praying for dinner? Well, we're being thankful, <laughs> you know? So th there's these small little things that have happened along the way. Um, now, one of the things that go into that also is we have our, our living life with each other, but then we also have asking questions, I had a lot of questions for Nathan, um, you know, in the early run of things. I had questions of why we do things this way or why can't we do things this way, um, which led to biblical conversations of here is scripture. This is why. This is, this is the teaching and admonishing one another side of things. It was me submitting myself again to a person, um, which was ultimately submitting to God, and through that experience, I was taught to put God first. I was taught to seek him in all things. So I'm, I need to, I'm actually need to hurry up here. It's the first time in a long time for that. Um, so to fast forward to that, those are things that I've learned. And there's so, so much more in that, that story there. But then eventually Nathan went to go start this church. And I was put into a position of the worship pastor at that church. And for me, I had to learn a lot of things quickly because my mindset did not shift immediately when I became in charge. I was serving a team, and I was serving with a team, and then all of a sudden I was in charge of a team. And I didn't think I was. I, it was almost like I was looking for people to give me the answers while I'm the one in charge, which leads me to this. Uh, a lot of things happened in there again, but it leads me to this. I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes up front when it came to discipling others because I tried to do things exactly the way that I was taught because it was really my only foundation of things. I tried to teach way, uh, I skipped over one thing here. I tried to teach way of how uh, Nathan had vocal surgery during that time. So one of the things was uh, Steve Caperton would say that I was thrown into the fire because Nathan couldn't speak and I had to lead worship for three months as a, a, a smallly trained person and I was thrown in the fire and that was the joke around things and it really helped me grow I mean tremendously but it was a weird circumstance so when I became a leader I was like you know what I'm gonna throw somebody in the fire I'm gonna just I'm gonna let them 
learn how to do this. I'm just going to throw them to the wolves and see what happens. Well, when you throw somebody to the fire and they're not being walked alongside with and they're not um, ready for that, what happens? They burn to a crisp. That's exactly what happens. And I learned that. And I did that. And I have been responsible for that and had to say sorry to those people and, and, and ask for forgiveness. Um, so to, to learn how to disciple others, it doesn't look like it always looks with how you've been discipled. Every single person is different. Every single person responds different. I think one of the reasons why Nathan and I meshed so well was neither of us like to be micromanaged. We like, we like to be, um, give, me the, give me the task, I'll get the task done. We, we were similar into that. And then I met other people that said, I need you to tell me every single thing that I need to do. And I struggled with that. That was something that I had to learn how to do. So navigating a person's way of learning and way of communicating is tremendous in a person's uh, discipleship. Now, I just want to wrap this up with, with how this relates to a topic that we talked about six weeks ago when I, when I last spoke um, about the inner life. Because ultimately, this is an outward expression of our inner life. So I just wanted to revisit the Google definition for inner life. The realm of one's private space of emotions, thoughts, values, practices, hopes, and reflection that nurtures one's spirit and sense of well-being. Now, if you remember through that message, we took that definition and we applied it through a lens of obedience to the Lord. So when we look at that new definition... It is, Lord, help me control my thoughts and emotions. Lord, help me value the things that you value. Lord, help give me instruction in my daily life. Lord, let me hope and trust in you. Lord, let my life be a reflection of you. Show me how to look more like your son, Jesus. Looking back at my life and applying that to to this whole topic of discipleship is it's extremely important to realize that it's not a a one answer done thing in terms of discipleship. There's not one thing a person can do and you have to walk through life with people. You have to learn how they tick. You have to help nurture that and feed into that and whatever that looks like. And it's going to be different. That's why when we were asked to give practical examples, I'm like, there's so many practical examples. Did you ask how somebody was doing today? Did you correct them when they needed to be corrected? Did they ask to be corrected? Have they given you that authority in their life? These are things we need to navigate properly. With that said, I also want to leave with this because this is a, a painful lesson that I've had to learn um, over, over my time as a leader. When you're discipling a person and you're feeding into their life, there are times where that person will walk away. There are times when uh, you see them stumble and fall and you sow into them and you, you put every ounce of Uh, yourself into a person and it hurts when they leave and sometimes they fall away and they're not even walking with the Lord anymore and I think it's really important to say again that that is not an indication of you being a bad leader or a bad discipler 
we don't have power over another person when we're discipling. That is not something that is given us. Instead, we are given a position where somebody is letting us speak into their life. And it is up to us, every single one of us, to do that in a way that is honoring to the Lord. I think that that is, um, that's the one thing I really was focusing on when I was, when I was preparing this message was, the Lord is the real, the real one that's discipling us on a continual basis because we try something and we fail. We try something and we succeed. And none of us are succeeding because of our own, our own power. This is, uh, this is one of the most beautiful, unique things that happens uh, with us as, as Christians in this body where we are submitting ourselves to another because ultimately we're submitting ourselves to the Lord. So I hope that this could be um, a proper devotion for you to kind of navigate your daily activities in your life. That it, This truly does affect um, how you're discipling and how you're leading other people. Um, so with that said, I'm going to go ahead and pray for us. Father God, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for, um, I thank you for your grace. Um, and I thank you for all that we have learned um, over our relationship um, with you. And I ask right now, Lord, that we can continue to grow. We can continue to be challenged. We can continue to be uncomfortable um, because ultimately we are trying to look more like your son, Jesus. And it's hard, but Lord, you give us, you give us the ability to lean on you and to learn. So I just ask right now, Lord, that we can look more like your son, Jesus. We need you. We love you. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.